All right, all right, all right, everybody. Let's make our way back to our seats this morning. So good to see you all. How about a way to kick off a Sunday? Amen. Aren't you guys glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Am I glad to be in the house of God today? All right. Praise God. Praise God. We're so excited. So glad you're with us this morning. Uh, New Life Church here in Jackson. And so uh, today's special um, in the sense that we have uh, some very dear, dear friends and family here with us today and uh, who are going to be ministering. How about that worship time? Amen. How about that? How about those announcements? They're like fiery and anointed. <laughs> That's one way to do them. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to uh, get right to it today. Uh, we have, uh, as I mentioned, guests here today, friends, really, family. Uh, I've known these folks, or rather they've known me uh, for going on 28 years, I think it is, this year, 28 years, so uh, you still look like you're 29, so uh, yeah, uh, since you were a kid, know me since you were a kid. Uh, these are uh, Rick and Susan Bennett, they serve as one of our outside elders for our church, and uh, they're uh, relational uh, in, in sense of we have personal relationship together, um, spiritual relationship for our church. Uh, every time they're here, they always bring encouragement, and they're builders of the church, builders of the local church, making sure that that they, they that we are good. They, they want to make sure we're solid and we're staying intact with what God wants for us. And so I appreciate that about them. They're always praying for us, uh, and they're only a text or a phone call away every single time. And so I appreciate their hearts. Uh, let me tell you this: I would not be in ministry at all if it weren't for these guys here. Uh, I, during worship, I was reminded of that. Uh, this is uh, 21 years this year that I'll be in full-time ministry. Actually, 21 years this week uh, that I went into full-time ministry. I had to go to my office and pull out my Bible uh, that uh, they gave me uh, when I went into full-time ministry. Uh, on January 30th, 1998, they gave me this Bible just as a sign uh, of blessing and uh, for full-time ministry, and I, I had to go and grab that, and um, uh, just as a reminder uh, that that uh, that God is good, and uh, and I appreciate people who who have invested in my life. Uh, let me tell you, any anything about me, uh, it's because other people have invested in me, from my parents to my mentors and, and leaders in the church to other friends. That's how it works, guys. If we ever want to be somebody, if we ever want to do anything for God, we got to give ourselves the time to be invested into, amen, which is another reason we're here together as a church body on Sunday mornings, so that we can be invested into, and we take that investment, and then we take it and plan it out, amen, and so I'm excited today, uh, as I mentioned, they're here with us today, they are church planters, they're missionaries, they are church builders, uh, they, they love God, they love his people, uh, they love the next generation, uh, it's a definite telltale sign of their legacy, always looking to have the next generation following and, and moving forward with them. Uh, one of their ministries uh, is, is called the Outpost of Freedom Missions Base. And this is one of the areas of ministry that we as a church help partner with with them out on the Navajo and the Apache Indian Reservation to just really help them to extend the love of Christ to often forgotten people. Uh, and that's the truth. And so we want to continue to do that. And they're here uh, at this time, and they're going to come and share, and Pastor Rick's going to bring the word to us. But would you help me give a very warm, gracious, hospitable New Life Church welcome to Pastors Rick and Susan Bennett. 
Good morning. I'm Rick. She's Susan. It's good to be with you today. I was reminded during worship, I leaned over and told Lizzie about a time when I was a, um, a young adult and I had really fallen back from my passion and fervor for the Lord and I was really struggling with some horrible things and I just felt like the Lord was so ashamed of me and so disappointed in me and I remember if it wasn't that song, it was a, that song's era and I remember kneeling down in worship and I was just crying and crying and crying and I felt like to open my eyes I was on the floor in a gymnasium and I remember my tears dropping and when I looked down they were splashing on Jesus feet with those scars in his feet you know and I couldn't I just cried even harder you know like I'm sorry I just you know did the wrong things and and um and I felt him lift my chin and that's what he does and if you want shame to go in your life, bow at the feet of Jesus and let him lift your head. Let him be the glory and the lifter of your head. So that, that uh, took me to a place where God wanted me to, to be reminded. Um, we're really grateful for your church. We love you guys. Um, I feel like you have the best. You have the best people. You have the best leaders. You have a, a, an amazing calling. And God's doing great things in you. And this year... You know, you guys have sowed your best in the work that we're doing, and that means a lot to us. Um, we have between two and 300 children a weekend that are in the children's programs. Um, we do intern programs. We do outreaches. We, More than anything, we just try to be a bridge. We want to help people connect with the call of God on their lives, and it's really, really fun connecting people and seeing them move in their gifts. And sometimes we even... Uh, expose our hearts and our souls by bringing people into our home last year that was six girls I said six girls 14 to 21 years old Aaron was one yeah Aaron was one of them uh, it's really neat seeing what God does as he connects hearts from lots of different places and he cause we don't ask them we tell them step out and bring the prophetic word or sing the prophetic song and you you know it's like I think maybe sometimes when you're not at home, it's like, okay, I'll do it because if I goof up, nobody will know. Uh, but the anointing comes on them. It's really fun to see people connect in their gift. And if you're, if you're a parent and you remember letting go of the, taking the training wheels off and letting go of the bicycle, that's a fun part of our job that we get to do. So thank you guys for being a part of that. And thank you for sending Aaron to us this last summer. That was awesome. And uh, we hope that this year we might, we were thinking about we might try boys this year. So if you have any boys, <laughs> maybe our electric and water bill will not be as much with boys as it was with girls. <laughs> but anyway, so we went, we got invited to a convention last year. Nothing has happened from it yet, just yet, except that it made Rick and I sit down and summarize our prayer points for our ministry and because they wanted us to bring this postcard. Well, I heard the wrong quantity of people that were going to be at that convention. So now we have lots of these. So I brought one for everyone to stick in your Bible. And when you pray for us, we hope that you'll pray for us. And we've even given you the little bullet points on the back, the different areas where we're ministering and missions and Christian education and benevolence programs and leadership development, church oversight. And it really is not that organized, but it's really cool to see it organized on a piece of paper. But I just wanted to bless you today, and I wanted to, I just really more than anything wanted to tell you to stay connected to people. 
Don't allow yourselves to, you know, I'm not saying don't ever take a break. Don't ever take a rest. Don't ever take a fast and get away to hear God. But what I'm saying, never disconnect from your tribe. It's so important to stay connected to the body of Christ. See, we don't have it all together, but together we have it all. That's right. So in, <laughs> we don't have it all together, but together we have it all. And I, I want you to know that, you know, we, we talk a lot and we focus a lot about purpose and destiny and reaching youth and reaching young people. But let me tell you something. All of us, regardless of our age, God intends for us to go out in a blaze of glory. Because he said the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter to what? The sunset? No. Brighter and brighter to the noon day. So you may need to get out here and come back in and rediscover some new passions. So this isn't just a teenage thing. It's not just a college-age thing. I told one of the girls last year who was having a hard time, she wasn't eating any, enough meat, I decided, but she had to take a nap one afternoon, and I said, look, I'm 64. You at least got to run with me. But you know what? God will give us, and the, the promise of his word is that we'll even have sap in our old age. So God really does want to use each one of you. And the way he, he makes a pathway to use you is for you to stay connected to the body of Christ. Amen? So that's my exhortation to you as an overseer, elder, older person that's seen a lot of stuff. The people that get taken out are the ones that separate and pull apart so just don't do that so father i just release over this house today a connectedness that comes from the very spirit and life of god that flows through us i thank you father that you tell us where we're joined together that's our strong part that's our strong part not our weak part and i thank you father when we feel intimidated by the enemy we can say back to him, you don't see my roots. My roots right. are down deep right. in the ground. And we can stand together in unity and see not only your goodness and blessing in our lives, but to see your kingdom advanced in the earth. Even when the darkness covers the earth, the people of God will shine bright. And I thank you for this house, and I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know amen is not supposed to be a religious thing you say? It's actually saying so be it. Amen? <laughs> so be it. Amen. Be it unto me. That's what Mary knew how to respond correctly, did she not? When the angel of the Lord came to her. She didn't say, I, didn't, I don't think so. She said, she said her amen. Um, two things I heard during worship. Um, the Lord reminded me that he... He is renewing us day by day in our inner man. I feel like the theme in worship today is about renewal, and God is a renewing God. But let me say this to you. He doesn't renew. Here's the neat thing about the Lord. He doesn't renew us just like, say, for example, you got saved, and then 30 years later you're like the same old person. He, he intends. The Bible says even though our outer man is decaying, the inner man is being renewed day by day. Would you say that? Day by day. God is a renewing God. He makes all things new. Now that phrase comes from the book of Revelation at the end of the book, the angel said to John, he said this, write for these words are just and true. In other words, he said, make sure you put this down. Are you ready what he said? I make all things new. Amen. All things new. Now we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that's full of trauma and 
a lot of negative things. Amen? We live in darkness in the world. We live in a body that is, as Paul said, the outer man is decaying. And yet the inner man is being renewed day by day in spite of that. I want to talk to you about environment and what's going on in our hearts and what's going on in our country, what's going on in our cities, our communities, our nation. I talk to a lot of people because can I tell you something right now? We are never to be God's depressed ones. In fact, he said, put on the garment of praise to eliminate or get rid of the spirit of heaviness. Some translations say the spirit of fainting. The reason the enemy does that, he, won't, he doesn't mean like faint like fall out. He means faint like quit. Amen? Pull away from the body. Pull away from ministry. Pull away from worship and prayer and pressing into God. He wants you to disengage. And so, we, we, you know, the, the opening verse that I'm going to use today is not one that gets a lot of pop. Like, wow, I'm so glad. I want to put that on my refrigerator. Right? I want to look at that every day. But you know what? We need to be reminded of something. And then the word I'm bringing to you today is very much so that I know you've heard these words. And I know I've said this to you before, but I love what Peter wrote. He said, I have come today to stir you up by way of reminder. I mean, sometimes we just need to be reminded. That song, um, I believe that was a Kent Henry song from like way back. I know some of you young folks think it's new. That's, that goes way back. But let me tell you what, I, I'll do that in our church. I'll, I'll, I'll bring out some old choruses, and they'll go, man, that new song is amazing. I said, if you only knew. <laughs> Those were the black hair worship leader days. No, <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but that song is so powerful, but it's an understanding of something. He makes all things new. Even old things, he renews them, amen, and refreshes them. And I'm telling you, I believe that's the, and I feel even more so today, after uh, talking and fellowshipping last night with your pastors, and even today listening to how the worship, the theme of the worship, God's got something new. And can I tell you this? No matter what we see go on around us, the most exciting thing for me is to know this, that God's got me. His presence never leaves me. He'll never forsake me. And I get to call the Lord of glory my friend. And he calls me his friend. Amen? So there's an intimacy he wants us to have in spite of the chaos around us. Amen? Okay? Hallelujah. I believe in believing for our cities, our nations, and all these things. I believe in praying for our leaders and all this stuff. But the bottom line is you have to understand who you are. And everything we do is to seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? And it's very important. And that will impact our surroundings. Always remember this. You're not a, therm- you're not a thermometer. You're a thermostat. Amen? Thermostats change the temperature. You don't like what it is? Adjust the thermostat. Amen? And so let's, let's take a spiritual adjustment today for a few minutes. Can we do that? And go with me first and let's begin with 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 1. Beginning with verse number 1. Realize this, that in the last days, everybody say the last days, difficult times will come. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Amen, brother. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, anybody depressed yet, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, uh, I'm sorry, just read that line up, treacherous, reckless, conceited, Get this, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So he's obviously talking about Americans. 
Here's where the other shoe drops. Are you ready? Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Ouch. Pull your toes in, whatever you need to do. All that speaks of is they're highly religious, and yet all these attributes, they walk in. Now, how many of you know that pretty well describes our generation? Hello? That pretty well describes it. And, and I'm not talking about the church, but the environment in which we live in. And God is saying there's going to be difficult times. Isaiah said this, arise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Say me. And, and, and then he says this, though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the peoples, the glory of the Lord will shine upon you. So it really doesn't matter how difficult it gets and how, you know, how perverse the generation gets. God intends for glory to shine on you. In fact, in all honesty, glory and light shine brighter where there's a lot of darkness. And actually, God intends for there to be a more of a separation of who the people of God are. And so we need to understand that as we move forward. Now, I'm not trying to be negative, but Jesus made it very, very clear. He talked about the way things would be for his disciples. He, he, we all know, what did he say? He said, our enemy, he called him a liar. He called him the father of lies. He called him our adversary, right? He called him the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before God day and night. Not a nice guy. And then he called him the thief, right? Who comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But then he made it clear, but I came to give you life and to give it to you in abundance. Amen? He didn't say because, you know, I always heard a teaching years ago. The enemy is an outlaw spirit. I mean, you know, it's, it's illegal for me to break into your home and take something. That doesn't mean a thief doesn't do that. You see what I'm saying? And so sometimes we act so shocked, you know, when the devil comes in and camps in our yard. The thing is, we need to take authority over those situations. Amen? Are you with me? So when we talk about the world that we live in, Jesus said this. Here's another one that at first you would think, wow, this is not very uplifting. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. Right? But do not fear, for I have overcome the world. And then in another verse, he said it this way. He said, do not fear, little flock, for your Father gladly gives you the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. The, the kingdom represents the dominion and authority that has overcome the world. Think about that. And he's given it to his people. And even Jesus said, he said, the kingdom of God is within you, the believer. Amen? Paul called it the mystery. He said in Colossians, the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And that's the mystery that's there. And a lot of times, even in religion, people don't get it or understand it. We even were singing that today. He's already blessed me. Amen. He's already done it. And we start to begin to understand that. And we start to begin to realize God's calling us as his vessel to release something. Amen. Into that thing. I heard somebody say years ago, using a sports analogy, he said, brother, you weren't called to live your life on defense. You're carrying the ball. Amen? As the people of God. And that's what God has for us. Amen? So I want to encourage you with that today. Because of the kingdom, and Jesus, as we know, told Peter, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. So if he give you the keys, guess what? It won't function in the earthly realm if you don't function the keys that God has given you. Now, most of us know this verse. In Romans 14, 17, he says the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. In other words, it's not about rules and regulations and don't do this and don't touch that. It's about what? 
Righteousness, say it with me, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the, let's say that together. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness. Now, I think a lot of times that's misunderstood, but very simply, Jesus became sin with our sin. Amen? That you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. That we would become a new creation in Christ Jesus. My identity is no longer a sinner but my identity is righteousness in him. How many of you are glad for that today? You are a new creation, and we are now be able by the Holy Spirit to partake of his divine nature. Is that not awesome? So no matter what's going on around me, I am, I'm, in, I'm a new species. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm forgiven, but there's more to it than that. And that, that will be highly emphasized again to the remnant in the last days. We're a new creation. We're partaking of something. Righteousness is God's gift to us because we could not earn it, correct? It comes by grace. It's the gift of God to us. But it has to be or needs to be walked in as a lifestyle. It's not just a position of faith. Oh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Of course, I don't live any different, but I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, John wrote in his epistle, he said, Do not be deceived. He who practices righteousness is righteous. And I want to walk as a, a lifestyle of what I've entered into by faith. Amen? Because faith without any action is dead by itself. And so we start to see that. But I want to take you to a verse about righteousness is found in Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17. For if by the transgression of the one, now in this context he's speaking of the one being Adam, okay? I mean, you know, we were all born in the first Adam, correct? Death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of what? Righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Everybody say, reign in life. Say it again, reign in life. How many are glad you're going to heaven when you die? How many are glad you're, you're not going to ever die? Amen? And yet, he says, I want you to reign in life. Amen? Reign in this life through Christ Jesus, by the grace of God, to walk in righteousness. You know, I, it's a walk of faith. Would you agree? And it's a walk by the Spirit. To walk in unrighteousness doesn't require any faith. You did that when you came out of mama. You've been walking in unrighteousness, amen? But walking in righteousness requires us to walk by faith and to walk according to the Spirit of God, amen? So the kingdom of God is righteousness. For what purpose? To reign in life, amen? Again, it's about the kingdom, that his kingdom will have an impact on your life, your marriage, your family, your children, Amen? Second thing, kingdom is peace. Everybody say peace. Jesus is what? The prince of peace. I love the Hebrew word for peace, shalom. It's such a powerful word. We can't even take one English word to define what peace means. It is inner peace and tranquility and calm, but it's also nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. It, it speaks of wholeness and healing. It, it speaks of stability. Anybody wants some peace? Anybody wants some shalom today? Amen. And yet Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not another form of peace, but my actual peace. I leave it with you and I give it to you not as the world gives. Amen? Do I give to you? So let not your heart be troubled. Which tells me something. I'm responsible. If my heart is troubled, frankly, it's my fault. Because I've allowed my heart to become troubled. Because he's given us his peace, amen? He doesn't take it back. Well, Jeremy, you can't have it today. 
I just don't do Mondays. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Are you with me? Come on. The peace of God is not the absence of trouble. <laughs> it's the presence of God in your trouble. Amen? Hallelujah. Because it's clear difficult times are going to come. Everybody shout me down, but it's just, I'm just telling you what the Word says. Amen? The peace of God is supernatural. It's not a natural peace. A natural peace is when the storm ceases. Right? When the fire goes out. Right? When the problem solved. That's a natural peace. And how many of you know we all want that, right? But yet, the peace of God is something within us when you're in the storm. Amen? That will take you through. It's an authority. And I'm learning, and, 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 and I'm trying to learn, that it's the real authority of the kingdom can't be activated from a heart that's not at peace. How many of you know the story of Mark chapter 5? We're not going to look at it for the sake of time, but Jesus tells his disciples, get into the boat, we're going to the other side. Everybody and we know the story. I mean, it's, the end result is amazing. There's a man on the other side that has a legion of demons. He gets completely set free. And my, the fascinating part of the story is the demons, this legion of demons, go into all these pigs, and they run off a cliff. And then somebody from Memphis starts a barbecue restaurant at the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> I added that to that. Everybody get that was a, okay. All right. <laughs> So we kind of know the end result that it's going to be good to make this journey across the water to the other side. Would you not agree that's a type of a prophetic word? Get in the boat, we're going to the other side, right? How many know we always start out good, oh, I got a word, right? But then it, if you go back, though, let's back up. It's kind of like the end of this. You ever watch these movies or even television shows? They'll start out with some dramatic scene, and then all of a sudden it says on the bottom, two days earlier. You ever seen that happen? I'm kind of like, oh, I hate that. Now I got to... Now I've got to use my brain to watch this, you know. I've got to figure out what time frame are we in right now, you know. It's even terrible when they say a year earlier. I'm like, oh, my God, a year? <laughs> and then they go back to real time. You're like, is this real time? Or... But let's go back to the beginning of the journey. They get about halfway across the lake. Y'all know the story. A fierce storm arises. And it's so fierce that even his own disciples thought they were going to die. And you remember, a lot of those guys, they made their living on water. They were fishermen. So, I mean, for them to be upset that they were going to die. But y'all remember what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping in the stern of the boat on a cushion, chilling, right? And they, here's what happens. Come on now. Y'all are with me. You've all done it to some degree. We've all done it. If you don't have peace, you'll wake up the Lord and say what they said. Do you not care that we're perishing? Right? Kind of like when Jesus showed up, he's getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. And Martha, all she could say was, if you'd have been here, our brother Lazarus wouldn't have died, right? It's on you. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life like that, where everything is what God didn't do for me. I want to find out where I've lost my peace. Amen? And Jesus stood up. He rebuked them for not having the faith to get to the other side. But he also stood and took authority the man who was sleeping in the storm took authority over the storm and said, peace be still. And it was a teaching moment for them and for us. Amen? If you allow that to soak into the there's an authority God's called us to do. And we're supposed to be ambassadors of his unshakable kingdom. Oh, but here's the rub. It does not mean that the kingdom that's unshakable doesn't have an enemy. Jesus said it this way. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. 
There is an enemy. There is an adversary. And the authority we all wish to be able to operate in to say peace be still to our storms is required of us first to have peace. Amen? And how many of you know, I've found in my life sometimes God's telling me, I want you just to curl up with me and rest, and I'll tell you when to rise up and speak. Amen? Amen? I don't know about you, though, but most of us want to fix it. We don't want to wait through all that process. We just want to fix it. Amen? The part that the Lord spoke to me, he said, you cannot, how did he tell me? I want to, I want to say it the way he spoke it to me just this past week. He said, you cannot flow in authority of the kingdom from a place of fear and panic. You really can't. Because you always tell when somebody's in fear and panic because they're frantic. There's a franticness even about how they minister. And you didn't see that in the Lord, and you don't see that in the book of Acts with the apostles. And there's something God has. What is Jesus? The author and the finisher of our faith. He intends to finish what he authorized in you to begin. When he gave you your journey, he intends for you to finish it. Amen? And so it's important for us to keep that in our heart as we move forward. I also heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to learn to respond in the spirit and quit reacting in the flesh. There's a spiritual response and there's a fleshly reaction. Hello? And that's what we got to learn. And see, if you don't have peace, it's really hard to be quick to hear and slow to speak. I've always been very quick to speak. And then I have to be quick to apologize. Then I have to be quick to grovel, right, and eat crow. Anybody with me? But you be quick to hear and then wait and be slow to speak. I told the church back in Arizona, I said, see, we're going to speak southern in heaven. Be slow to speak. Oh, come on. Y'all will get it later. You'll get it over lunch, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just did the no-no. You don't mention lunch right at the end of the service. You know. yeah. <laughs> but don't let your heart be troubled. Amen? Be at peace. Look at, uh, let's look at this verse, Romans 16, 19. You know it. Romans 16, 19. For the report of your obedience is reached to all. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. In other words, I want you to walk in righteousness. Right? And the God of peace will soon, everybody say soon, crush Satan where? Under your feet. Notice he's the God of peace that's going to crush him. Isn't that good? The God, we, we're supposed to put on our armor. What are our shoes? The preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen? Well, we need to hear that today, do we not? Some street ministers need to hear that. Glory to God. I've heard some guys, there ain't nothing peaceful about their message. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll move on. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, okay? And it's what? Peace. And then there's a third thing. The kingdom of God is joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. How many know the joy of the Lord is our strength? It's the joy of the Lord. And it's not a superficial joy. How many know it's okay to have joy when you hear the victory? Joy filled my heart over the praise report we heard today. And that's good to have that kind of a joy. But there's a joy that the Bible says is unspeakable and full of glory. There's a joy that is before the victory. It's a sacrifice of praise. And, and God brings you a joy that is supernatural. How I many know we need that in this hour? Amen? We need that as we're making our way through. How many of you heard that new song that Bethel and them came out with called Raise a Hallelujah? Amen? That is louder than my unbelief. Amen? I will raise a Hallelujah. 
in the presence. Of, I love the favorite psalm of the Bible to everybody is Psalm 23. And what does he say? Thou has prepared a table for me. Where? In the presence of my enemy. There's a table prepared. I don't care what's going on in your life. The table of the Lord is prepared. And that's just prophetic symbolism and representation of the sacrifice of Jesus that brings us to victory. Hallelujah. I don't care what's going on in your life. He prepares a table for you. And he says, come. Hallelujah. In Nehemiah, they were, they've rebuilt the wall. And we already know the struggle in rebuilding the wall. But they get the wall built and the people gather together, I guess basically to have church. And they gather together. And I want you, if you would, pick up with me in Nehemiah 8, beginning with verse number 9. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the chief and scribe, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord. Let's all say that together. This day is holy to the Lord. One more time. This day is holy to the Lord. Can I tell you, you can say that tomorrow morning when you're getting ready for work. Amen? You can say, This day is holy to the Lord. Okay? Do not mourn or weep. Do you see that? Why were they? We'll read on. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Why were they weeping? How I many know if you hear the law and there's no grace, you know you don't measure up, right? All you can do is weep and just say, oh my, heaven help me. Amen? Show me some mercy. And they, they didn't have what we have today. The law was always meant to tutor us to get to Jesus. Amen? And they didn't have a Jesus at that time to run to. And yet the Lord was getting ready to give us a revelation of how joy comes. I want you to notice this. He says, he said to them in verse 10, go eat the fat, drink the sweet, send out portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You will never find strength in grieving. I'm not saying you won't ever grieve or you won't ever mourn, but I'm saying you need to allow him to turn it into dancing, to turn your sorrow into joy. Amen? God, that's what God does. He makes all things new. He comes in to bring us to that place so that we can go forth in God. Because how many of you know we need strength in these difficult times in which we live? We need the strength of the Lord. And then he said, I love this, in verse 11, the Levites calmed all the people. Y'all chill out. Relax. Amen? He calmed all the people saying, be still. You know, sometimes you just need to be still. Amen? You need to get your cushion and curl up with Jesus. All right? Be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. How many know we've all quoted part of that? When you look at it in this context, it's really powerful. The peace and joy of the kingdom is the atmosphere that's to be a part of our life and our heart. It's the peace and joy of the kingdom of God. Be at peace. Because the enemy will try to keep you in a sin consciousness instead of a righteous consciousness. And he will try to keep you in a lifestyle of mourning and grieving and weeping and sadness. Come on, everybody. He will. And so you've got to, and we're going to look at some things in a minute that I think will help us to keep that from being such a stronghold in our hearts. Because God didn't call you to live like that. We must celebrate, for the Lord is good. Do you believe he's good? This is the day that he has made, amen? And we can rejoice because Jesus has made us righteous. And even when I read the law, I realize that he's made me righteous through his sacrifice. But most of the time, rejoicing is an act of faith. 
It's an act of faith to rejoice, to get your joy back. Uh, a lot of times, I, I love the word hallelujah. It's the universal word of praise. Everybody, every language says hallelujah. I like it. But I love it. It releases something. Even if you, don't, even if you can't sing, shout. Just raise up a hallelujah. I wish I had time to share the story of that, but i just give you something to look at. Go on YouTube, put in Bethel, raise a hallelujah, and watch that video of the testimony of where that song came from. You'll be dancing in your living room. I prophesy that to you in Jesus' name. Some of you are going, I ain't never danced in my life. Rejoicing is an act of our faith. And many times it is a sacrifice. Amen. By the grace of God, he has given us an eternal sacrifice. And he's made us righteous. So why weep? Why weep? Be still. What is this? What's the verse you know so well? Be still and know that he is God. And we need to take time to do that. I love the Shumanite woman. Even though her son was lying on the prophet's bed, dead, she said, all is well. Anybody else read that story would think, this woman is a nutcase. But see, she understood something about the peace of God. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to get there. Anybody want to get there with me? I want to get to that place in my life. Again, it's a place of righteousness and peace and joy. Now, I want to take you over to Philippians as our wrap this up today, but I, I really felt the Lord told me to share this with you as a reminder and to stir you up about a few key things. Paul, when you read Philippians, Paul talks about this peace and joy, but he says things like this, to live as Christ and to die as gain. He says, nothing else matters to me more than knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. In fact, he even goes as far as to say, everything else is but rubbish in comparison to knowing him. But then when you study the word know, and here's where we in the Western world have to have an understanding of what he means by know, because it doesn't mean know all about me. But it's a very intimate word. In the Hebrew, the word is how a man knows a woman. You don't need a video, right? You understand what we're talking about. It's very intimate. It's a relationship. It's intimacy with God to see him, to hear his voice, to know him. Anybody want to know him? And here's this apostle with all this revelation. He said, and I just want to know him more. If we could ever get to that place in our worship and our seeking of God, we would be a different people because we know him. And he even said in another account, he said in another epistle, he said, I know him, get this, in whom I have believed. How many of you glad you believe? Wave at me. Are you glad you believe? You're blessed because you believe. But let's press into knowing him in whom we have put our faith in. And he wants us to know him. Amen? I used to settle for knowing about him. And so this book was more like history. I liked it. It was enjoyable. But when I began to get into the book and not read it necessarily like history, even though it is historical, I started to read it for what it is. It's living and it's active. Amen? For Jesus was the Word made flesh, right? And I began to abide in it in that way. It totally changed everything. And the logos of this written book became rhema to me. It became a speaking word to me. And I began to have a relationship with God that was different than just knowing all about Him. Amen? And that's what he's calling us to. And Paul said, nothing else in my life is more important than this. And he goes as far as to say, I forget what lies behind, and I press forward to what is ahead. And he called it the prize. Say the prize. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's like a prize that we have to attain and go for that God has for us. He says, let this 
Uh, look, at, look at Philippians 3. We're going to finish in Philippians, so go on and turn there. Philippians 3, verse 15. He says, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. Everybody say attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude. I mean, you, know, you can have an attitude, and it might not be a good one. Amen? Hello. Come on. Don't look at your wife. Just say amen. <laughs> and if any of you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you. Amen? So, Lord, reveal my bad attitude to me. Everybody say attitude check. Come on. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. So there's a righteous attitude and there's a kingdom standard. There's a righteous attitude we live by and there's a kingdom standard that we live by. That's very, very important. God is at work in us. Do you believe that? To will and to work for his good pleasure. How many of you believe that? He's what you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, the things God prepared beforehand for you to enter into. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about the works that people do to try to be saved, but you weren't saved by those kind of works. You were saved by grace, amen, through faith. But you were saved for the works of God. He created you in Christ Jesus to carry out some things, and he's already prepared it beforehand that we would walk in it. Hallelujah. He loves us, amen. And he's got a great plan for us. Even in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, even in the midst of troubled times, God has a plan. Amen? And we can still be salt and light. Now, I want to give you these five things that Paul mentions here. The first one, if you're taking notes, the first one is make knowing him your highest priority. Everybody hear that? Make it your highest priority to know him. Don't just know about him. Number two, rejoice always. Everybody say always. Look at Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice. Get back your joy. Amen? Everybody, I know people that will only be joyful when they're joyful. But rejoice, is that's not how it works. Get your joy back. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, get your joy back. Jesus prayed for his church. Get this. And when he prayed for his disciples in John 17, he prayed for them, and he said, and anybody who believes in their word. So that includes you and me, right? Here's what he prayed. Father, I pray that my joy may be in them and that it be made full. Anybody want to be full of it? Amen. (laughs) Full of the right thing. The joy of the Lord. We ought to be the most pleasant, happy people and peaceful people on the planet. Because Jesus doesn't give and take away. Hallelujah. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's within us. The hope of glory. Rejoice. Shout for joy. You ought to shout when something good happens, but can you shout for joy? To get joy. Well, go ahead. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. else to say? I gave you the word. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. We need the strength that comes from joy. And I'm not trying to rebuke you, but if you've lost your joy, please get it back. Amen. Number three, verse five. Get this now. This is interesting. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Everybody say it. The Lord is near. How many of you believe he's with us? Hello? Even in difficult times, 
Did you know there is no generation that's lived closer to the coming of the Lord than you and me? You can tell I'm a rocket scientist. But my point is, these difficulties and this tribulation, he knew it was coming, and he spoke even years and years beforehand. It's recorded in the epistles, recorded in the gospels. He said, but I'm with you. I give you the kingdom. I've got this. I've already overcome all of this. Come on. We were singing that today. He's already given it to us. Amen. He's already blessed me. He's already overcome this. Amen. He's near to us. Probably some of my favorite verses are when Jesus said, I will be with you, what? Always, even, finish it, even unto the end of the age. He is just as much with us as he's been with any generation past. Hallelujah. So be gentle, interestingly, be gentle to all men. I kept meditating on that. I said, Lord, sometimes I'll just read past that really fast and go to the next thing. And I thought, really, what does that mean? And I heard the Lord say to me, make sure when you fight against the enemy that you're fighting the right enemy. Because the enemy is never a person. Even if the enemy's using a person, you don't battle against flesh and blood. Amen? Do y'all remember when Peter, just a few verses earlier, he believed in Jesus, and Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter, right, to a rock. From a reed in the wind to a rock. And he says, I'm going to build my church on this revelation. Amen? I give you the keys to the kingdom. A few verses later, Peter is, in a sense, rebuking Jesus about going to the cross and dying for all of humanity. And Jesus turns around and he says, get behind me, Satan. I am a friend of God. (laughs) But he wasn't talking to Peter. Or he would have said, get behind me, Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. He identified the spirit that was at work. Are y'all with me? There's another account. His disciples, who are such lovely people, you got to understand something. We pick on them, but they had not been saved. He had not died for them yet. They had not been born again. Amen? And they were following him strictly on their own will to follow him. Amen? Think about that a minute. He hadn't purchased them with his blood and changed their lives and their hearts. And so, so his disciples go, Lord, <clears throat> some guys down the street, I'm paraphrasing, They're ministering in your name. What if we just called down fire from heaven on them? It's in the Bible. And Jesus goes, (laughs) I don't know if he scratched or not. I kind of think he might have. He might have spun around his chair and went, oh, my. I called these guys to follow me? And he goes, he who gathers with me is with me. And he who scatters is against me. Now think about that. Oh, if the churches in every city could get that. Amen. We're in this thing together. Amen. Amen. Be gentle. The Lord is near. Amen. And then he said this. Get this. You do not know what spirit you are of. And just let them sit there and smoke that in your pipe for a while. You don't know what spirit you're of. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever said or done something? You're going, man, I don't even know what spirit just operated through me. Right? Come on. Are there any humans here? <laughs> just ask my wife now. Let's fight the enemy. Amen. The Lord is near. Let's be gentle to all people. Amen. Come on. Does that help you a little bit on that one? Okay. We only got five of these, and we're getting ready to do number four. So take a deep breath. Number four. Get this now. 
How many of you would like to live your life without anxiety for anything? Oh, please. Please. To where nothing would make you anxious. Seriously. It's so simple, we don't do it. And basically, Jesus said, pray about everything. I mean, we don't always pray about everything. We try to fix it. We try to solve it. We try to reconcile. We try to make it happen. Come on, we all do, especially you men. I'm with you. We want to fix it. We don't want to talk about it. We want to fix it. Your wife wants to talk about it. But I'm just telling you, God says pray about everything. Look at the verse. It's the next verse. Philippians, uh, where did I stop? I'll go to 6. Be anxious for nothing but in, in everything by prayer and supplication with, oh, there it is again. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, a lot of people ask everybody else to pray about it, but they won't pray about it. God says, you, let your requests be made known. I believe in prayer. I'm available today to pray for you. But I'm just saying, a lot of things we need to make our requests known before God and do it with thanksgiving. Amen? Because when you do that and you commit it to God, you'll notice you're not anxious about it anymore. Whether you get the answer right away or not. And you probably won't get the answer right away. Which is why you need peace. You need joy. Amen? And look at the results. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses what? All comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe God causes all things to work together for the good? How many of you believe that? How many know he does that when you don't even understand what he's doing? Look at Joseph's life. But God worked it for good. And that's what God is calling us to. Always attach praise and thanksgiving to your prayer. Because if you're really praying in faith, then you're going to be celebrating what you're praying about because you believe he's given it to you. You believe you've got it. Amen? Well, I don't care if you're praying for something physical going on in your body or you're praying about a relationship or you're praying about provision or whatever it may be. Lift it up to God. Don't be anxious about it. Pray a prayer of faith and put thanksgiving on it. Amen? I don't like to make these declarations and just kind of walk away like I'm some big somebody. I love to just start praising Jesus for what I prayed about. Try it. Will you try it? Add thanksgiving to your prayers and your supplication, and the result will be peace and joy. Always do that. Be anxious in nothing. And finally, the fifth one, think on good things. And here's where we struggle in our culture today because our hearts and our minds, the gates of our ears and our eyes take in so much junk. We're bombarded with media, data, music, television, whatever it may be. And I'm not a prude. But I want to tell you today, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. Amen? We're to be meditating on the Word of God and on the goodness of God and on the testimony of God. Amen? Did you know every testimony, a miracle being shared here or there, is a testimony to you that God intends to do it again. That's why he said never forget the testimony. It's the spirit of prophecy into your life if you'll receive it. Think, look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence in anything worthy of praise, dwell on or set your mind on or think on these 
things. Now, how many of you know that doesn't come natural? You have to be deliberate, right? You have to deliberately set your heart and mind. But you know what? There are a lot of things that, that pollute our mindset that we do have control over. Hello? There's things you can turn off, and there's, there's, uh, there's things you can shut down in your life so that you can meditate and think on the good things of God. Amen? You receive that? Now, there's actually one more verse to this that's important. Those are the five things, but look what he says in verse 9. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Oh, boy. Don't you love that word? Practice. Everybody wanted to hear that, right? And the God of peace will be with you. I was so excited. I was 10 years old and I got my guitar. And I had no idea what I was going to go through to learn how to play it. Anybody with me? I had no idea what the calluses that were going to be required of the ends of my little fingers. I had no idea what it would take to even get to where I sound like I knew what I was doing. I mean, you know, anything in life, there's the diligence. We're called to be what? Disciples. There's discipline. And I'll tell you, if you that's what Paul was saying. You have seen me live this. Because remember, Paul had a reputation. He would lay in a prison with his back bloodied and his feet in stocks and chains, and he would sing praises to the Lamb of God. I mean, he lived it. He said, you've seen and you've heard it in me. Practice these things, and what? The God of peace will be with you. Amen? And if the God of peace is with you, guess what? He's going to crush Satan underneath your feet. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, guys. So set your heart. On the prize. Will you do that? Number two, rejoice always. Number three, be gentle with everyone, for your Lord is near you. He's within you. Number four, make your request with thanksgiving. Don't just think a prayer, pray a prayer. And number five, set your heart and your mind on good things. Amen? It'll change your life and what God has to do. Hallelujah. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms, and we won't turn there. You can if you want to. I'll, I'll tell you where it is. If you've never heard it, I'm sure you have. It's Psalm 27, 13. The whole Psalm's powerful. David talks about how the enemy has surrounded him all around and about. And he said, and he goes on to say, but there's one thing I've asked of the Lord and I shall seek. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord. And David begins to talk about how the Spirit of God said, seek my face. And David said, my heart said to you, O Lord, your face I will seek. Anybody want to have a heart like that? I will seek you, Lord. And, and so he goes on through the psalm, and then he gets to this part. He said, get this, I would have despaired unless I had believed. Everybody say that. I would have despaired, or we could say, except I believed. Believed what? That I would see the goodness of the Lord. How I many you know in every despairing situation in our lives, we have a choice to either despair and get caught up in that storm or that troublesome time, or we can make a choice. I may not understand a thing right now. This surpasses my comprehension, but I do know this. I believe God is good, and I'm going to see his goodness in this situation. I mean, that's the way to live. That's the way to live. And David had it, man. David was a man after God's own heart, right? And he said, so I will see the goodness of the Lord. But then he goes on to say this. He said, in the land of the living. Beloved, I love you, and I'm not speaking down to you. But we all need to be reminded of what land we're living in. We're the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? The kingdom of God is within us. 
Christ, the hope of glory, abides in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we need to be reminded, I'm not in the land of trouble, really. Y'all, y'all heard that new song, uh, Surrounded? Amen? It's already almost been played too much. But, uh, <laughs> but you know how it's, you, you, that came from an understanding that it might look like I'm surrounded by the enemy, but I'm actually surrounded by God. Amen? And this is how I fight my battles. Amen? Amen? Y'all receive that today? God's wanting to do something powerful in our hearts. And I feel like the Lord wanted me to challenge you today as we continue to move into this new year and continue to move into things that God has for us that it's going to require us some of the basics. You've got to do them. Amen? Because the enemy will disengage you. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. But you can become neutralized. And we actually are the ones that have the authority and power of the kingdom to neutralize the enemy in that situation. Amen? To be able to rise up in the authority of the kingdom of God and walk in the light. He then says to his soul, wait for the Lord. How many of you love the word wait? Not one hand went up. Amen? I may have said this before, but I, I, I am no good at picking which bank line is going to go faster. Is anybody in here good at that? I always get in line, and then I get somebody behind me so I can't back out. And then five people take out 18 mortgage loans, and, and I can't make a simple deposit because I can't get up to the line. Anybody, we love to wait, don't we? This is not waiting on the Lord. Or today it would be, right? That's not waiting on the Lord. The word actually means to abide before him with expectancy. Everybody say expectancy. There's nothing like being expectant. It'll change the worship service that day if you're expectant. It'll change everything you do for God because you're expectant of that sudden breakthrough of God. Amen? So he says, wait for the Lord and let your heart take courage. What's the opposite of taking courage? Being discouraged. Amen? Take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's okay to wait. And you just wait. And you abide in Him. And you trust Him. Amen? And you rejoice always. You guard your heart and your mind. And even if some of these areas you've not been walking in it, the beauty of grace and the beauty of your position as a righteous one in Christ is you can get immediately back into it. Amen? That's the beauty of repentance. That's the beauty of turning to God and committing our hearts to the Lord. There's more. Anybody want to say by next year that you could honestly say, I know him and whom I believe much more than I did before. Does anybody want that? I don't want to just settle and go, yeah, I met Jesus in 1978. I remember the service and everything. Oh, man, do you know him more? Well, no, but I love him. That really wasn't what, I mean, you might as well just go on up to heaven, right? But God has something special for each one of you. And can I tell you, Susan stole my thunder, but I love that verse in Proverbs. The path of the righteous grows brighter. Remember, you're the righteous, right? Grows brighter and brighter until the noonday. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, the best is always yet to come. Amen? The best is always. Would you stand up with me? I want us to sing uh, a chorus of a song, the bridge of a song. I want us to sing it as a devotion and commitment to God this morning of setting our hearts. And as, as, 
as we're waiting right now to get ready for that, would you just lift your hands to heaven and lift your countenance to heaven right now? Lord, I thank you today in this house that you are the king of glory. You're the savior and Lord of all, including our lives, our marriages, our families, our children, our situations. You are still Lord even in the storms that may be going on in this room right now. You are the Lord of difficult times. You are the Lord. For Lord, you have already overcome our situation. And Lord, right now we honor you and we lift you up in this house. We honor you and we lift you up in this house. And I pray right now for the people of New Life that you would give us divine focus. And I hear the Lord saying to some of you, There is nothing that he prophesied over you or authorized in your life to do that he doesn't intend to finish. Everybody say finish. But he's wanting you to do it for his good pleasure. To will and to work for his good pleasure. Holy Spirit, today, with every humble heart that's yielded to you, I pray you would breathe new life on us. That renewing, that renewing, Lord God, that we can release the new wine to a generation that has never tasted it. They've never been impacted by it. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I am yours. I am your vessel. Do in me what needs to be done that I might release the glory of your kingdom, your love, your power, and your authority. That I may be able to walk in total peace in every situation that my countenance will always be with joy with joy with joy unspeakable and full of glory I return to your principles oh Lord say it I return to your principles oh Lord I set my heart I set my heart to know you more I want to know you Lord I want to move from knowing about you to experiencing you like never before Say it like never before. More, Lord. More. More, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship him right now. Just worship him right now. Come on, just worship him right now. Just let this be a tender moment of just repentance. Some of you might even feel you need to say something to God. Go ahead. Make your request known right now. Lift your voice to him. Lift your voice to him. I see purposes and destinies being stirred up again. I, I, I see and uh, some of you, there's prophetic things in you that are coming alive again. There's a heartbeat coming back in the name of Jesus. For God's prophetic words will not be aborted in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now sing this with me to the Lord as a prayer with all of your heart. Heal my heart and make it clean. Open my eyes. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours, Jesus. Everything I have 
for your kingdom's cause. And as I walk on earth into eternity. Isn't that powerful? Can we pray it again? Come on, lift your voice in song and pray it one more time. Oh, heal my heart. Walk right into eternity. Are you ready? One more time. I mean, lift your voice with passion. Sing it one more time. Heal my heart. Oh, heal my heart. Open up my eyes. Cry out. worthy 
all together wonderful to me. Bow before him. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. All together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Lift your voice. And fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence. Lord, sing this for every day of your life. Let us become more aware of your presence. Pray it, pray it, pray it. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware. Of your presence, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Oh, you are good, you are good. Holy Amasi. You are good, oh God. Goodness, his goodness will pass before you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Come on, thank you for it. Thank you for it. Oh, come on. Surely goodness and mercy. I don't care what troubles in your life. There's a table right now. There's a table right now. Of the broken body and the shed blood. That is the victory. It is the victory. It is the triumph. Over the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah, King of glory. His banner over me. His banner over you. His banner over us. Is love, love, love. Would you grab your neighbor's hand on either side and lift it up? His banner over me. His banner over you. His banner over us. Is love, love, love. Every voice. His banner over. banner over us is love, love, love. 
even prayed tonight that there is such a depth of love in these new connect groups tonight, God. That, Lord God, these groups are just so overflowing with love and power in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord said as they gathered together day by day, they were going from house to house. And the Lord was adding to their number with great power. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. (coughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just hear the Lord saying that these times that we worship together are to focus us on what's real and what is just and what is true. Amen? This is reality. This is reality. And I bless you today. The Lord blesses you. I say the Lord blesses you. The Lord keeps you. The Lord causes his face to shine upon you. Come on. Oh, lift your countenance. Lift your countenance. He shines upon you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. And he gives you shalom. Say it. Shalom. It's powerful. Say it. Shalom. Again, shalom. Peace. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. Come on. I raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah. Oh, that sounds good. I'll raise a hallelujah. Every voice sing it. I'll raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a hallelujah (laughs) in the presence of my enemy. Come on. Louder than my unbelief. I will shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on, your breakthroughs and your shout. Come on. Hallelujah. Hola, Bequita. Hallelujah. The enemy's fleeing. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. If you need healing, lift your hands. If you need healing in your body, lift your hands. Just lift them up high. Turn around. If your hands aren't up, find somebody. Get, put your hands on them. Go for it. Is that okay, Pastor? Come on. Find somebody. Come on. All in the back here. Some of you that are just standing there with no, your hands not up. Go find somebody. Please, just obey the Lord. Go place your hands on them right now. Everybody, keep shouting hallelujah. 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 He's in the midst of us. The Bible says he's in the congregation. Jesus is walking the aisles right now. Lord, we take authority in your mighty name over all manner of sickness and disease. 
over all infirmities, over all weaknesses, over all cancers, tumors, and growths, over all organ dysfunction. We take authority over it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, y'all pray with me. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we command every foul spirit of sickness, leave, say it, leave in the name of the Lord. By whose stripes we were healed. Come on. By whose stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. Woo. Now lay your hands on them right now. Let the Holy Spirit just release life, release strength, release restoration right now. Release the gifts of healing to come upon them right now. Command pain to go. Command dysfunction to leave in the name of the Lord. I I hear the Lord saying in my heart today, some of you are having dysfunction in your organs. It could be a liver dysfunction, pancreas, which is connected to diabetes. It could be any organ in your body right now if you can. I want you to just place your hand in that area where that organ is right now. Just place your hand there in the name of the Lord. Lord, we speak function by the Holy Ghost that your quickening power would flow into each one right now. Say now with me. Come on, now. In the name of the Lord, quickening power. Come into these bodies today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Heart disease, leave. Diabetes, leave. In the name of the Lord. Joint discomfort, back issues, vertebrae, bones. Be healed. Say be healed. Be strengthened. Be refreshed. Even down to the marrow. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Hallelujah. Everybody sing, everybody sing, everybody sing. You are the God that he left me. Sing it. You are the Lord, my healer. You sent your word and healed my disease. You are the Lord, my healer. We're not going to sing my disease. We're going to say all disease because it's not your disease any longer. Are you ready? Are you ready? You are the God that he left me. You are the Lord, my healer. You sent your word and healed all disease. You are the Lord, my healer. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Come on, put your hands together. Everybody, how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Every voice, come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look, come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. King of glory. King of glory. Lift up your heads. King of glory. Come in. Come in. Come in. Hallelujah. Come in. (laughs) Woo. Come in. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Oh, I hear him saying, don't just invite him in here on a Sunday morning. He is with you. Are you ready? Are you ready to go with him? Hallelujah. He will lead you always into triumph. Triumph. It's time for a war cry. Hallelujah. It's time for a war cry. Wow. 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 I plan on doing that, but that's what God wanted to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are going to shout hallelujah on the way home? So we're going to shout hallelujah because I'm getting ready to let you go to lunch. You can shout hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. I, I'll, I'll make myself available to pray with anybody this morning. You know, afterwards, you know, I'll, I'll hang around down here. Just come, come over here, and I'll, I'll be glad to pray with you and for you about anything today. God bless you. Thank you for your, your patience and your attentiveness. I pray, I pray you're blessed. Amen.